0: And now I'm really excited to introduce Brandon Bayer. Brandon is the creator of Blitz.js. How are you doing, Brandon? Good. How are you? I'm well. And Brian Neville O'Neill is here too. I want to jump right in. Brandon, for folks who aren't familiar, could you give a quick overview? Like what is Blitz.js? Sure.
1: So Blitz is a full-stack framework for React apps. So it is built on top of Next.js as the, the foundation for all of the, the React part of it. And then we add a, in quotes, zero API data layer that gives you this full stack and in ability to you know send and receive data from the front end. And then we also have a number of CLI tooling and things built in for code scaffolding. And we have Prisma 2 in there by default for database migrations and access.
0: Got it. So is the idea that you could build any kind of full stack application in Blitz or is there kind of a particular area of development that you're focusing on?
1: Yeah, it could be used for pretty much anything. I think a bit more toward the target market is SaaS applications. So agencies, freelancers, consultants, various companies that are that are building software as a service applications from scratch. It's a really good framework for that.
0: You mentioned a number of words in your description, React.js, Next.js, so obviously very popular best-in-class tools there, Prisma as well. So Blitz, it sounds like, is incorporating a bunch of best-in-class tools for each part of the application stack and then building, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically building a lot of the the glue and the tooling around all these disparate tools. So could you talk in a bit more depth about the specific areas you're building that is unique to Blitz?
1: So... By far, the the biggest thing is our zero API data layer. And to give a bit of context, I started doing web development with Ruby on Rails. And with Ruby on Rails, there's no API, right? You, you can basically access your database directly in your like, view templates. And so it's, it's very simple. You don't have to worry about multiple different deployments, front end, back end. You know, it's just all one monolith. I started there and then went on and learned React and fell in love with React. And I love how you can build user interfaces with it. But it comes with this cost and this complexity of having an API layer, because you have to have some way to get the data from your back end to your front end. I embraced that for a few years, like, oh, this is this is fine, because I like React so much. But eventually, it wore me down. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. So I ended up coming up with this thing, which we call a zero API data layer. And basically, it it abstracts the API into a compile step and so it allows you to write functions that run on the server so we call them blitz queries and mutations you could also think of them as like a controller from ruby on rails and so you import that function directly into your components and you can just use it there you pass it to a hook or whatever and you use it directly so there's no rest api or no graphql api no data fetching you don't have to use redux and so our hooks are built on react query which gives you caching and cache invalidation, polling, refetching. And so it's a really nice end-to-end data layer that's super easy to use. And in fact, for a while, whenever I was using it, I would keep being like, wow, this is so easy. Like, how can it be this easy? You know, I've kind of, I've gotten used to it now, but it's pretty awesome.
0: That's great to hear that it's built on React Query, because one of the questions I I was going to ask is basically, how do you handle all of the messy aspects of of building API layer code? You know, things like error handling and retry logic. So could you dig in a bit there? How do you access the, the features of React Query with this model where the actual React Query code, it sounds like it's being written automatically at compile time and not something the programmer actually interacts with?
1: The React query code is in part of the library, it's not some of the generated code, but we simply wrap the React query hooks with our own hooks. And so we kind of hook into the cache layer a bit and add in our access points. And React query is great because it gives us all sorts of access directly to the cache. Um, And then we expose utilities to you too so that you can also directly access and modify that cache. One thing you mentioned was error handling and that's a really awesome feature that we have in Blitz that I've never seen anywhere else. And it basically extends the try catch model of error handling all the way in the full stack. And so you can throw an error in your server code and then catch it in your client side code with a React error boundary. And so it just works, right? So if you're, if you're using a query and inside that query, you throw an error because they're not authorized or the item isn't found, for example, then you can have an error boundary in your app at the top level or somewhere else. And it'll literally catch that error all the way from the server. And then you can say, if this error is an instance of authentication error, render a login screen. Or if it's an instance of not found error, then render a 404 page. And so that's set up by default and is pretty sweet.
0: And one of the other tricky aspects of building an API layer is authentication and security. So tell me a bit about the approach Blitz takes to helping avoid those uh, kind of annoyances of of building a, a full stack application.
1: Definitely, it's one of the uh, like most important, but also one of the can be most frustrating parts. So I'm happy to tell you that new Blitz apps come with authentication set out by default. So when you run Blitz new and generate a new app, straight out of the box, you can create a user, you can sign up as an account and then log in and log out. It's already, it's just there. So you don't even have to set it up. Now how that works is we build a custom session management library that's based on the principles of super tokens, which is a authentication startup. And we have opaque tokens that are stored in the database. So this is kind of a more traditional authentication approach like Ruby on Rails uses. And then we'll also be adding a JWT session management option. So an advanced option for people who need extra, like extreme security and also scalability.
0: So take me through the components of a modern full stack application all the way from the lowest level, be it the database, through the server code API layer, all the way up to the front end with querying state management, view layer. You mentioned a few of the tools that Blitz integrates, be it React for view layer and Prisma for database layer. But could you tell me a bit more about like each aspect of the stack? What are the tools that either Blitz allows you to bring in or the opinions you have on which tool you should be using? So the main
1: thing is Prisma. Prisma 2 comes by default. Blitz is database agnostic. So you can remove Prisma and it'll work fine. But we think Prisma is great. So we give it to you by default. And that's used for database migration. So you can define your schema declaratively and then run Prisma migrate and it'll migrate your database. And then you can also use that migrations in production. And then also it gives you the database client. So you can call like db.user.findmini or find first or update, delete, et cetera. And that's all fully written in TypeScript. And so if you're using TypeScript, then you have fully typed database access based on your database schema, which is super awesome. We also have a lot of the other tooling things that most people use like Jest for testing, Prettier for formatting your code, Yes, lint for linting your code and we have husky which is for git hooks so whenever you run git commit it'll automatically run like the linter for you and then git push it'll run some test. And then yeah, that's all in your control you can customize it but that's comes by default.
0: And how do you balance being opinionated in certain areas of the stack? For example, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine it would be hard to Remove next.js from a Blitz app because that's kind of a core dependency. But it sounds like in other areas of the stack, the developer can choose which tool they want to bring in. Like, how do you balance being opinionated in certain areas versus choosing the areas where you want to allow developers to bring in their tool of choice?
1: It's a kind of a, a bit of a difficult problem. But one of our foundational principles is loose opinions which I don't know if I've really heard anywhere. Most people is like strong opinions, loosely held or something, but I call it loose opinions because we have opinions, but most of them are are loose. They're not enforced. In fact, they're easy to change. So one issue I had with Ruby on Rails is, it is difficult to go outside the bounds of what Ruby on Rails wants you to do. But with Blitz, it's much more flexible. So our file structure, there's there's nothing really magical in a file structure besides certain folders like queries and mutations and pages but you can organize your files however you can go beyond or outside of what the blitz recommendation is for file structure. And then the other, like the main strong opinions is the zero API data layer. That's really one of the main thing. It's like, this is how you do, you know, your full stack database access. But when it comes to form styling, et cetera, most of that we just leave to you And we're coming up with nice ways to get you up and running with those. So when you create a new app, we ask you which form library do you want? And then we have recipes that allow you to install styling libraries with one command. So Blitz install Tailwind, Blitz install Chakra, Blitz install Material UI, and that will integrate and set up, like it could be two to 10 steps for each framework, depending on what they're doing, adding the providers, but you get that in one command.
0: And so taking a step back, you mentioned, you know, Rails was kind of one of your inspirations for building Blitz. And there's some other prior art here. I guess there's, I would say older because they maybe been around for 15 or 20 years, like Rails and Django. And then there's some more recent full stack frameworks. I mean, one that comes to mind is Meteor. So I'm curious, like, if you're familiar with Meteor, you know, how does the approach you're taking with Blitz compare to, you know, what the Meteor team built and, I guess you started it recently, 2020 or so, you know, versus Meteor starting a number of years ago. Like, What has starting now allowed you to do that Meteor didn't have available at the time?
1: I've never used Meteor, so can't offer a lot of uh, smart <laughs> answers to this. But I've heard the Meteor team talk, and they're now Apollo, so they pivoted from Meteor to Apollo. And I think in a lot of ways they were kind of early, and what they were trying to do with the end-to-end data layer They couldn't really fulfill their vision and and GraphQL better fulfills that vision. So that's kind of why they they pivoted there. And another thing comes to mind is that it wasn't built on React, which I think now it does use React. But my understanding is that Blitz is just a lot more flexible. Like Meteor, I think, required Mongo as your database. And so it's much more kind of restrictive and prescriptive than Blitz is.
0: Yeah, that was my understanding as well as that, you know, Meteor made the choice to be very, very prescriptive. And there are advantages there. I mean, I think for larger teams, it can often be helpful to have a, a framework that's very prescriptive and there's one w- right way to do things. But with the pace of innovation in the world of, of front end over the past few years, it's, there's just so many new tools coming out. And if you're not somewhat modular, it can, it can be hard to keep up with the pace of innovation. I believe that was part of what led to Meteor being a bit less popular is the rise of React and these other tools that they, they didn't allow to integrate in a Meteor app until more recently. And so looking at the future and kind of your roadmap for Blitz over the next year or so, like what are you most excited about things that are going to come to Blitz in the future?
1: Well, the first thing is getting to 1.0. We're transitioning to beta right now. Should have a official beta announcement relatively soon. It might be early January at this point. But then getting to 1.0, hopefully a couple months after that. And then beyond that, the big thing that I'm excited about is making integration with mobile apps really nice. So that's a common question is like, well, there's no GraphQL API. How do I do mobile app? I mean, you can add a GraphQL API to Blitz and use that because sometimes you're, Your needs are totally different for your mobile app versus your web app, and sometimes that's fine. And then we can also add ability to generate client libraries. So take the Blitz queries and mutations and run a command and it'll generate, say a JavaScript or maybe even other languages, a library that lets you just easily call functions like get orders, get users, or whatever your functions are. And then beyond that, the real dream is to have the same experience with web as with mobile. So have your React Native code in your Blitz app, kind of like a monorepo, one monolith, and then import your Blitz queries and mutations directly into your mobile app code, your React Native code. And then we would have a compile step to turn that into a runtime API call too. And so if we can accomplish that, which I'm pretty sure I can, then that will be a really awesome experience because you can have web and mobile apps without any API, no REST, no GraphQL. And that would just be like an incredible experience.
0: I saw on GitHub, you know, you, you really start to build a community around Blitz. You know, you started the project, but now there's many hundreds of contributors. And I'm curious, like, how have you approached building community and encouraging folks to contribute to the project?
1: Just one slight correction. We're only at like 170 contributors, not many hundreds. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) We have many thousands of GitHub stars. We're almost to 6,000 GitHub stars. But to answer your question, when I first announced that I was working on Blitz back in February 2020, I didn't have a GitHub repo or anything. I had a video clip of my prototype, but I was like, hey, I'm building this Ruby on Rails equivalent and it kind of went viral. But one of the things I asked in that thread was, I need help to build this. So if you're interested, you know, think out a form for people to fill out. And there was, forget something between 40 and 60 people responded that they was interested in helping in some way. And so that was like the initial community. So the designer designed the logos, designed the new website we're working on. She came through that just said, hey, I want to help. And a lot of the other early contributors are still around today, helping in various ways and i've been very intentional from the beginning on like what i want the community to look like that it would be very open warm welcome friendly and so it's worked out pretty well so far
2: in preparation for this interview i was going back through kind of the old reddit threads and the react subreddit and i noticed that there was a pretty big difference between kind of how the people in that subreddit reacted say in february than say april and one of the i don't know if they were criticisms but one of the criticisms i guess was exactly that. Like, it seems like a marketing ploy or at the very least, you've got our email addresses. I don't have a GitHub to look at. Do you think, would you do that again? Because I was like, that's actually sort of cool. Maybe we could do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it worked great for me. Like, I mean, if it would have fallen flat, if nobody was interested, I probably wouldn't have worked on it. Hmm. But it was a very clear signal that a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm really interested in this. And so that gave me the motivation to actually go make it happen.
2: Yeah. Because then a couple months later, I don't remember what the title of the thread was, but whatever the one in April was, there was really no criticism or at least no questioning. Everyone sort of got it a lot quicker. It was
1: probably the alpha launch whenever they were
2: mm, like yeah, yeah, right. ready
1: to actually start using somewhat.
2: Yeah. Again, in prep for the interview, I was kind of looking at what all the initial reaction was. And I, I wonder if you have a stock answer to kind of like, why do I need an SPA when I could just use Rails in the first place? What do you usually tell people when that comes up?
1: Well, the best answer, I think, is the testimony from one of the people that's been using Blitz for many months now. And he said that he was a professional Rails developer for 10 years. And in just a few months after using Blitz, he's 10 times more productive with Blitz than he ever was with Rails. Hmm. So it's kind of crazy to... (laughs) you know, but then there's other people are saying like, yeah, it's many times more productive than whatever they were doing before. So if you want to use react and the power that it gives you for building user interfaces, then blitz is like amazing. If you love Ruby and ERB and that stuff, then yeah, stay with rails. But there's, there's a large kind of middle ground of people who are, they really would rather use react, but they kind of want the productivity of rails. Then like blitz is the answer for this group of people.
0: Is there a getting started story for existing apps? Like if I already have a full stack application that is not built from the ground up on Blitz, can I start using Blitz on a, on part of the application? Or is there a way to bring Blitz into to the whole thing?
1: Depending on what your app is built with currently, I mean, you can migrate it just like you would anything else, you know, piece by piece. But if it's built on Next.js, then it's very easy. Because you can basically take your all your Next.js code and just plop it in a Blitz app or like vice versa. I don't think we have a doc page on this quite yet, but we will get one. But basically, you just swap out, change the next dependency for Blitz and change next.config.js to blitzconfig.js and use Blitz start, and it should basically work.
0: And how would you advise someone who's really excited about Blitz, but slightly skeptical to adopt it in like a corporate setting, Given it's so new, what would you say to someone who's a bit worried but really excited about the project?
1: I would say give it a try. Spend a few days, see what you can build, and it might be fast enough that you're like, wow, this is amazing, let's just do it anyways. So like I said, we're, we're transitioning in the beta phase right now, so there's not really any major changes or any major bugs that I'm aware of. There's you know some edge cases and stuff, but most people don't run into those. Also, we have a list on our wiki, on our GitHub repo, in the, the wiki there, we have a list of production Blitz apps. So I'm sort of running in production today and it's quite a, quite a sizable list. That's definitely not all of them. I know that there's more and some of the source code is available there too that you can check out. I'm running Blitz in production personally and this works great. So once you're running in production, it's mainly Next.js code. Like the foundation has already been proven for four years now, right? Next.js. So that's a huge thing that we have going for us and stability out of the gate.
0: And taking a step back, Brandon, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into the world of front-end? And I'm just curious to learn a bit about your career.
1: I've ended up quite a bit different from where I started. I started with an electrical engineering degree from Wright State here in Ohio. And in the process of that, I took a software class on C, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, so then I got an intern as a software engineer doing embedded C programming microcontrollers and construction lasers. Did that for about five years. And then moved on to Embedded Linux with C++ and eventually kind of got my hands in JavaScript. And then I took an online boot camp and learned Ruby on Rails. And that's how I got into web development and HTML and CSS and JavaScript. And that gave me all the foundations that I needed to know about just how the web works. And then from there, I I basically taught myself React and so forth. And then the rest is history.
0: Wow. So you, you really worked your way up the stack from all the way at the bottom up yep
2: is electrical engineering at the bottom of the stack? I didn't know that it's at a it's yeah a basically road. I mean that's how that's how
1: you're making the circuit boards that run your computer so
2: no, I guess that that's a strong point now seems like it's a good time of year to ask what is it that you're kind of looking forward to next year in front end, maybe not blitz related, but certainly if there is something that you're like absolutely, but like kind of generally out there, what is it that you're looking forward to?
1: That's a good question i haven't I haven't thought about that too much one thing that i would love to see is easier offline functionality in apps where it's either part of your application is offline or maybe the entire thing is so it's more like offline first that's something that's very difficult and I've, I've tried to do some in the past that's something that potentially blitz could solve other than that like i'm pretty happy with where we are with like tailwind for styling i love that react query for the core client-side data fetching stuff but it'll be exciting to see what else comes you know this year brought blitz so what's what's next you're going to (laughs) bring hopefully not a replacement for blitz (laughs) if you want to contribute to blitz in any way we would love to have your your contribution love to have you in the community we have a pretty active slack community there's almost a thousand people in there now and so very friendly helping each other work on stuff on our website blitzjs.com we have a doc page on how to contribute And we start at the very basics. If you've never contributed to open source before, we have like a few steps, watch a video on how to do pull requests and how to use GitHub. And then we have links to issues that are ready to work on. So we have a bunch of issues that are labeled, ready to work on, and those are available for anyone to come along and pick up. We also label issues, good first issue and good second issue. So if you're wanting to get started, you can take a look at those.
2: Well, Brandon, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we really appreciate your time and telling us about Blitz and kind of why you would use it all the time instead of Rails and sort of what you're looking forward to next year.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's been an honor.
2: Thanks for listening to PodRocket. Find us at Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at LogRocket.